Only one friend for My new co-host here. We've been shit talking the whole time. Um, welcome, 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 welcome to the Take It Personal Show. My name is Sam, and I'm here with my new, improved, dope ass co-host, Lisa Love. What's good? What's good? <laughs> What's going on? Happy to be here. This is gonna be horrible. Oh, so- this is gonna be- <laughs> Phenomenal. He just doesn't know it yet. I don't know it yet. I don't know it yet. I just don't know. It's actually really funny. So uh, Lisa is for like six years, give or take, something like that. And I know Lisa for a bit. And I've been I've been on and off with this. I'm finally back to my first episode. Back out of hiatus. It's actually been a year since my last episode with Gino. Um, And she's been super busy in and out of relationships. Uh, life's very, very complicated. Working my ass off. And I figured, you know what? Like, what's a better time to get back onto the pod than coming on with someone who hates me? <laughs> I don't hate you. But loves me. Hate she hates me, but she loves me. And um, I thought it's a, good, it's a good way for us to get together and do something like this because I think it's really, really cool that, you know, someone who I do love and respect is someone I want to share with everybody too. Before I do that, welcome to the Take a Personal Show. You can follow us on Google, uh, iTunes, Apple Music, fucking Spotify, whatever the fuck you need to fucking follow us on. Uh, check us out, subscribe, like, fucking shout us out. Come on the show and argue with me about why you know you ain't shit and you don't like what I got to say. With that, I want to introduce who Lisa is and like how we know each other and a little bit about yourself. What's going on, everybody? So I'm Lisa Love. Um. So like Sam said, I, I've known Sam for about, I don't know, six years. So actually, funny story, how I met Sammy. So I um, used to date one of his friends, um, and that was a very tumultuous relationship. Can you spell that? <laughs> T-O-M-Chillis, okay? Chillis. So um, that was like an on and off thing for about three years, and... You know, the reason Sammy would say, you know, I hate him is he, I would guess, let's just, let's just call spade spade here. I have this accent. He has that accent. We're from New York. We're from two very (laughs) separate parts of New York. I'm from Queens. She's not from Queens. I'm from Queens. She's from the border of where, like, Queens and Brooklyn, like, I've been to her house. Yes, I am. But but so (laughs) what? Queens and Brooklyn still better than Staten Island. At the end of the day. We're, we'll get into that and how nauseous shit and, and all that. Oh, um, yeah, okay. It's going to be fun. It'll be okay. fun. It'll be fun. Well, but, who's got that island? Wu-Tang Clan. Uh, got, the, trash, we, the trash can. Yep. Yo, I think everyone in Wu-Tang raps better than Nas. You can't say they don't. You can't well, say they don't. Two different categories. Listen, listen, listen. listen, listen. You got, you got, I just, listen I, he said Jay-Z was better than Nas, and I was like, yeah, okay. You're like smoking crap. I'm not smoking crack. I just think that like Jay Z is really the greatest ever. Nas hasn't put anything out worth listening to in 15 years. All right, but I don't think uh, Jay Z has done the same either. Yes, yes. I think that Jay Z was good in his prime. I still think Jay Z still is consistent. Is the most consistent rapper. I don't think he's good. 
anymore. That's it. So when was the last time, aside from Nas's Nas last... Nas just dropped an album. Like, it was horrible. I don't, I don't even know what the name of the album is. Oh, you're right. <laughs> you know I the stopped, the I What's the name of the album? I don't know the name exactly. of the album. I know, I know Jay's last album. Four, four, four. Everyone knows that album. Of course. Beyonce, but also, that was a long time ago. At this time, at this point now. Yeah, but he also put out. So like, I don't, know, I don't know if you know music. Like I know music. I know you know music. I know you know music because you're from Queens. You're yes, from, but probably not to the extent sense. of studying. You know every background and laying in my bed at three a.m. Yeah. and like, no. I did. Uh, um, but again, you know, I'm, I'm really happy to have Lisa on. She's going to be with me here every Thursday night. We're going to record, try to have everything out. I'm going to set everything up next week to have everything out Saturday um, on our podcast. So look forward to every Saturday night. You'll have a show out with us. Um, I'll have a video, um, audio as well. Oh, you can see our Instagram posts. We're going to be mad obnoxious. We're going to be on there. I want to see what else we can pull out of this. Like my, my biggest thing with this is to put together a platform uh, for speak what you feel and say what you got to say and, and, you know, Talk about real shit that people don't want to talk about on top of me expressing myself, Lisa expressing herself now. She's going to be hopefully a consistent big stone fucking hedge. Stone hedge? I can't think of anything. Okay, uh, sure. (laughs) (laughs) But like she's going to be a big part of this this show and I'm going to look forward to having her every week. If there's anyone else that wants to come on, I got their mic. Anytime you want to come on, come on. So Yeah, we love guests. We love guests and we like talking shit and I'm, I'm, we're going to, this is going to be a fun new experience about what we're doing and how we're doing things and yeah, how was your day? So what did I do today? Oh, I had off from work today because um, I have to work Sunday, boo. Ooh, yeah, I work two Sundays a month. I honestly wish I didn't have to work, but you know, I can't be homeless, so there's that. Yeah, 100%. I agree you know? I work too much. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of it's a lot of nonsense, if you ask me. Whoever came up with the concept that you have to go to work to make a living, to live in a society that you can't afford is complete bullshit to me. Because um, I, I really don't think our ancestors had these problems, you know? Well, also, like, my parents and my parents, like, I come from, I don't know how your parents, but my parents came from a third world country. My parents came here with, like, nothing and fucking built a, built the American fucking dream. My grandfather came uh, straight off the boat from Italy. My mother did, too. She was, like, four. She came in. So I'm, like, second or third generation, depending on which side of the family you're looking at, you know? Because my grandfather came off the boat, and then my mother's grandmother came straight off the boat. They all went to Ellis Island. You know, we took a little trip there, found their names in the books, the boat tickets, the oh, whole nine. Sure. Yeah, my yeah. parents, they were too poor to have that. My, my mom came here legally, probably. Yeah, but my grandmother <laughs> came here, he didn't speak a lick of English, you mm-hmm. know, and he was a barber. Mm-hmm. But like, also, like, how people were back then and how people are now, I think that, like, we're very blessed today to have what we have today, because our parents, like, I don't know about you, but, like, I know my parents, my family... They struggled a lot. Yeah, I did too. And then, like, today, I think with social media, how everything's in 2022, where, like, there's so much standards, quote-unquote, that people have to live up to today that no one wants to really live up to or really keep up with. Well, I think there's a lot of pressure out there. There I think that these kids have social media, and there's a lot of things that society is, is put pressure on them to be. I know a lot of females, you know, look at these girls or these women on Instagram and they compare themselves to them. Mm-hmm. Like, 
a, a beauty standard of what you should like, how much you should weigh, how your hair mm-hmm. should look, makeup. Like yeah. when I was 15 years old, my eyebrows were like this thin, okay? <laughs> My eyeshadow was up to my eyelids and like, you know, I had some lip gloss and like it was white or blue or shiny and it was not good. It was not good. Now these like, they're like 15 year old girls, they're looking older than they should. Yeah, they do. They do. They they do. They do. And it scares the shit out of me because I'm 30 years old and I'm like very, I'm I'm like very uncomfortable in a lot of places that I go. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know. You don't know. You're like, oh, am I going to go to jail today? Are you 18? (laughs) I'm not sure what's going on here. And the the thing also is I think like piggyback off what you're saying is like society today is a little bit more fucked up than it used to be because social media and everything else along with that. And I think with the whole world view of like what someone should look like and, and, and I don't know, growing up, I would look up to the older kids in the neighborhood. Same. Always Same. the older kids in the neighborhood, always be maybe out Maybe that's doing. a New York thing, maybe that's a universal thing, I'm not sure. I'm only going to go with my experience being from New York. So like I remember growing up, my brother had a, like a, had a car, he had his friends all night hanging on the street, I used to hang out in the corner outside all the time, smoking weed with my, all my friends in Staten Island. Um, and I remember like sitting on the corner, smoking once, walking down the street, mm. playing handball, fucking going in the woods, bacon, egg, and cheese. I don't eat bacon, but same thing. Mm. Um, but it's just like the straight up thing, like the culture and the society and our environments. We were talking about this before about our environments, how we raised, because we're going to get into like some trauma shit. Because, you know, we're, we're, I'm fucking perfect. Um, I don't got no trauma. I got no problems. I'm not toxic. Yeah. Okay. I'm perfect in every way possible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Cardi B's from Queens, right? Cardi B no, it's from, from the Bronx. Bronx. He's from Nicki Bronx. Minaj is Nick, from Queens. Nicki Minaj is from Queens. Are you Cardi or Nicki Fan? Ah, uh, you know, I love me some Cardi. I love Cardi. I love, I love me Cardi. some Cardi, but I love Nicki. I like you old know? Nicki. I like old Nicki. Yeah, me too. I mean, I, Nicki I, hasn't, you know, done a lot. I just think Cardi is just the biggest hustler I've ever seen. I mean, she's just a... I, I could relate, though. You know, the hair, the nails, you know. She's got this larger-than-life personality, and I, mm-hmm. I feel like, so do I, yeah. you know. So, Cardi. Cardi, okay. Cardi. Yeah, yeah, Cardi. Yeah. Team Cardi all day. Cardi. Team Cardi all day. Um, but now, like, I think what we're going to get into also in a little bit is the trauma thing, and, like, I think our environments growing up were very different, because the environments I grew up in were, like, you would, you would, you would do anything hang out with the older kids in the neighborhood. And if they did something, you'd go do it. And, and, like, their mentality rubbed off on you. The mentality was, don't tell nobody nothing. Um, what a man is and, like, what a woman would be and everything else. And, like, it was, like, a certain persona that we had to hold to everyone else that we were around the neighborhood because, like, there was always – I don't know about you, but, like, everyone had that person in the neighborhood they would go to. They, there was always, like, the big shot in the neighborhood or there'd be, like, something like that in, in that regard where, like, we were raised by our environment. Mm-hmm. You know? And I also hung out – well, me and – so I had a group of girls, but we were like the tough girls in the neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? Like we would fight. We were fighters, you know. And um, I guess, I guess you guys can say like, you know, we acted very manly or not ladylike. You know, um, we did look up to the older kids, and that's what they were doing. You know what I'm saying? And we wanted when you're like 14, 13, 13, 14. Mm-hmm. You want to be cool. You want to fit in. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You want them to like you, you know? You smoke and you Newport. Smoke a Newport and not inhale it, and then they catch you, and then you inhale it, and you choke your brains out. That's it, you know? I wish kids today smoked more cigarettes. I feel like they're Like, I, I saw... I feel like kids today are soft. Yeah. Like, soft. Like... It's, it's like, crazy. 
is soft. Like a stub my towel. Oh my god. Like someone I remember I was outside smoking a cigarette. I think it was at the Boca Mall. I was at the Tar Mall. And I was smoking a cigarette and so I'm like like I think she, I I don't know, any girl that doesn't like have like that doesn't look over the age of thirty, I think it's like ten. Like she walked by me and I'm smoking a cigarette and she's like sucking on a vape. She's like she was definitely like 14, 15 years old. She goes, ugh, and she like walked in. I'm like, you know how cool it was to smoke a cigarette? Like that smell was like that the coolest was, thing. Yeah, it was. It, <laughs> it was, was like the coolest thing. I remember leaving, I remember being I smoked my first cigarette at nine years old. That's, that's I'm Albanian. Young. I'm Albanian. So I, I smoked cigarettes out the womb, drink Bach out the room. My and, father was rubbing fucking whiskey. On my teeth when I had toothaches as a baby, you know what I'm saying. So it was yeah. very normal. It was a normal thing, and like everyone, like in the neighborhood, smoked. My whole family. I grew up in a chimney of a house, and just like I guess over the years, I don't know what it, I, I, I don't. I can't put my finger on it, but like I feel like the culture that we raised up. I, I'm fortunate and grateful that I was raised in the culture that I was raised in because it taught me how to be vigilant, get through things, and, and walk through life, and not have to, you know. I don't have to appeal to anybody. I can walk through and go through the shit I have to go through and, and be able to get through without a problem. I think that's the, with the millennials, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I, hate that I know, but that's what it is. We're the millennial generation. Also, um, another issue that I have with this, or with the way that. things You don't have to hold that. I don't use those holding it. You don't to hold it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh God, here we go. I don't, know. I don't know. It was like I know you're showing that shit a lot. It is my thing is like falling down a little bit, so I have to pick it back up. Yeah, I know. Gently <laughs> You know. Thank All God. right. At least I'm not the only sick one here anymore. No, I'm I'm fucking very mentally ill. Um. So the thing, let's get into it. Let's let's talk about dating right now. Dating trends, right? For men or for women. For both. Let's it, talk it, about it, both. Let's right, talk that's, about... That's, that's let, really I'm going to get, I'm gonna get mm-hmm. into it and you'll see where I'm going with this, okay? Prior to... Just so I can... Just so the audience can know, you're over the age of 30 or under the age of 30? I am over the age of 30, but not 35. I'm 32. Okay, I'm th- I'll be 30 in two months. This thing is about to fall off the thing. Um, so we got a technical difficulties. <laughs> where, so where I was going with this is... When I was younger... Stop touching it. All right. (laughs) You're good. So we didn't have... Okay, growing up for us, right, in our age group... In our age group. We were just being introduced to computers. Mm -hmm. And AOL. Yeah. But you couldn't be on the phone and the internet at the same time. You know? Friends would have to come ring my doorbell to get me to come outside or call my house phone, talk to whoever picked up first and then get me, you know? Mm -hmm. So now we have this whole generation of like Tinder, Bumble, Plenty of Fish, (laughs) Hinge. I went on that like 10 years ago and I felt really weird. What? Which one? Plenty of Fish. Oh no, I won't. That's, (laughs) that is, that is like bottom of the bag. (laughs) Like you are... You are looking well, you know, for like STDs. Like I don't know. Yeah, you are like, it's gross. Yeah, that for me is a no-go. I mean, as of right now, you have to kind of get with the times in order to meet somebody, I feel like. No, I, I agree with you. And I think like also growing up, it was like, I would, 
I, I grew up in Staten Island, so I don't know how, I know Queens is small, so it's like everyone knew everybody. In some Queens regard, it's a very diverse borough. It's it's very diverse. I think Staten Island, how I grew up, was like everyone knew everybody. Well, that's where you would call small. I wouldn't yeah. say Queens is small. Queens ain't small enough. But I'm saying like in Staten Island, growing my where I grew up, it was like everyone knew each other. Everyone had their own neighborhoods. Everyone hung out in the same neighborhoods. I grew up in the North Shore, so I didn't know anyone in the South Shore. And like I, 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 where I would always hit on girls or talk to girls or try to interact with women would be at school, at the mall, or if I went to get food somewhere, I would hit on a girl where I went out to get food. But guys don't hit on girls anymore. I do. Well, because you're over the age of 30. I'm not 30 yet. I got two more months. Oh. I haven't hit it yet. Like two more months away. All right. Whatever. Still in my 20s. Same thing. Not every guy. Let's just say. No. I think that. I, well, let me. Go ahead. I think that everyone is so used to like swiping right, you know, or this where, you know, there's so many options, you know. Uh, there is a ton of options, and one may seem better than the next. There's always a prettier girl, like mm-hmm. whatever the case may be, you know. Um, that the 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 real need to like have uh, socialization is really the art of that is lost. I think I don't really get approached. But I think well, you have like a what's it called? Uh, Oh, I've been told I'm like intimidating. You're intimidating. You got the standing bitch face. You, you look crazy. <laughs> You're no. mad loud. Like you could be like ten blocks away, and I can hear you laughing and yelling at somebody. But like where I'm from, that's fine. But that's you di- come down here, I'm so like, I'm gonna get into that also. So what I'm, what I was gonna say to what you were saying before is that like I think today everyone's so accessible, and because so many women, ninety five, maybe I'm shooting high. I'll say seventy five percent of women. Only post on social media for, for attention. They post for attention. They post because they want to be famous. They want they want to meet the guy who's going to fly him out somewhere, who has the money, who has this and that. And then they have their DMs flooded by a bunch of guys. So it gets minuscule. And because there's guys who I believe a majority of men are simps and herbs and losers and make it harder for like real men to be out there because women have mentality, which I also look at. Have so much to say about this but what i'm trying to say is that like i think today's like everyone's so accessible and it's so easy for me to slide into your dms and other girls dms and just make it so accessible and it's like become so repetitive mm-hmm. and it's like the only way of interaction today because people don't really go out like they used to go out Correct. plus with covid and everything else happened with covid it's a whole nother fucking situation but like i think it's so much harder today to find someone dating because one people have a lot of trauma People don't want to work on themselves. People don't want relationships. People want the idea. I think women want the idea of relationships. I think men struggle more today than women in relationships. I think that it's um, it's half and half, honestly. I think it's like 70-30. So, I mean, I think that that may be the type of women that you're dating, that you run into that, and then why you would feel that way. Because I feel that way too, but it's also the type of guys that I'm dating. So what kind of guys are you dating? Well, it's not it's not the fact of like what they look like. Mm-hmm. Because I you you literally would be confused if you saw a lineup of the last, I don't know, few guys that I've dated. Same, same. You know, they look different. It's mm-hmm. a certain personality that is uh, enticing to me. Yeah. It's called emotionally unavailable. You're emotionally unavailable. Correct. So I'm on the other spectrum. 
I'm too available with my emotions. So I say that because I've come to a place in my life where whenever I meet a girl, they have this persona they want a relationship and they want what comes with a relationship. But I think because I'm very old fashioned, I grew up in the culture that I grew up in. I come from a family who my parents are still together. My parents love each other. My parents oh, never fought in front of me. They always were nothing but love. It always, like, you know what I mean? So I never had any bad examples of relationships with my family. And I was taught what it is to be a man, what a man's supposed to do, and everything else. I'm not trying to go into this Andrew Tate thing, that, like, men are better than women or anything like that. I'm just saying, like, men have responsibility. And when I date a woman, <clears throat> I believe that as a man, I have a responsibility in that relationship to do certain things and play a certain role. Mm-hmm. And I don't think women want to play that role. Today. And well, I think, if we're I think, talking tradition, are you talking like you being provider them home with like, let's say, quote unquote, the children cooking dinner, somewhat, doing laundry? Is that what you're looking for? Because the modern woman today is, is a working woman. I want a working woman, but I don't think the working woman is able to give enough for the relationship doing that. Because a man... Mm-hmm. Someone's oh, getting shot outside. We're, we're like the nicest part of that. <laughs> like, jokes, 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 jokes. Flashbacks from saying that she thinks she's trauma. Queens. Okay. Queens. Um, but what I'm trying to say is like I, I think that like with relationships, it, it comes back to like I think the women who I'm not saying it's anything wrong with women women working or being in the working class or anything like that. I think it's, it's fucking amazing. It's important and it needs to be out there. And like we me, for that. You hundred percent. Give a shout out to all the women out there. We love you. Here to take your personal show. I'm not misogynistic. So, <laughs> coming back to what I was saying before again, one last time. It's it's that like women today, I, I, I think that like they don't have the time to put in for a relationship because they believe that they can be on the same stage as men and have the same responsibilities that a man can bring to a relationship that they can. I don't think a woman can bring the same things to a relationship that a man can. And because of the social means and the social aspects that women have today, they come back to think they can be the provider in some regard. Yes, there are some women that are providers in relationships, but I believe the things that a man can provide, women can't. Well, I don't think that we should ever put men and women in the same category. Okay, good. We are two different, two completely different species that 100%. operate completely different the way we think. Yeah. Down to like, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. But... Here's my take. Like, you know, my grandmother was like a stay-at-home mother raising the child. Work, you know, she did work um, after the fact. Not my grandmother, my great-grandmother. My grandmother was a working mom. Actually, my mother's father spent a lot more time with her mm-hmm. than my, her mother did, you know. So for me, I'm busy personally. I work, I go to school, and I go to the gym quite often. You know what I'm saying? You look amazing, by the way. Thank you. Thank you so much. Kudos. But the relationship aspect of that, I feel, that should be 50-50. I mean, if the man wants to provide, I'm not going to argue with that. I'm really not. Yeah. I'm in the kitchen. I like to cook. My my One of my passions is cooking. I hate laundry. But, you know, if we want to split the chores, that's fine. Like, I'm all about I being need, fair. I need my woman to do my laundry. 
that's my one that's like my one thing that I am horrible at and it, I think it's because I was baking as a kid and my mother did my laundry all the time so it's I like, mean listen mine did too so but um, you know, I, you know, I listen. I'm, I'm, <laughs> the type, I'm the type of girl that'll like wash her clothes and then leave them in the dryer for <laughs> two days, three days. For a day, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. To where my so roommate bad. had to fold them for me. She was like over it. I That's was like, good. But do you think that like women today in the aspect of relationships? Like, I, I, I really think that like it's it's harder for men today in relationships than women. I really do. But, but in what way? Why would it be harder for you guys? Because of the power that women have in a relationship. I believe that women today have more power because of social media, because men are... Are thirsty? Men are thirsty, yes. They're 100%. Majority of men. I'm not saying the men... But then you know what? You know, it's it's the thirsty men who are wouldn't get a shot in hell, to be mm. honest with you. No, 100%. But I'm talking about the thirsty men, though. Okay. I'm talking about real men. I'm a real man. Right. Thank you. <laughs> He's a real boy. <laughs> I'm a real boy. But like what I'm saying is like real men, we're, we're, we're few from far apart. There isn't a lot of men who are So are women. There are. Listen, there's, there's trash a, out there everywhere. You have to like weed. You have to weed your way and swim through the shit in the ocean. No, literally. Yeah. And that's the same for us too, mm. you know, because I'm a good woman. Yeah. That comes with like respect, values, like all these things. And then I just am not chaotic enough. Yeah, you are. You're the most chaotic woman ever. Oh, please. <laughs> oh, please. I'm just not chaotic enough. Listen, I've done a lot of... Once you start working on those things that you become aware of, mm-hmm. um, you know, that keep cropping up, like you you eventually work on them. Like I have a lot of trauma from um, growing up. Like... um. My parents are still together. We're jumping around. It's fine. We'll get mm-hmm. back there. It's all right. Um, unlike Sammy, my household was a little different. Uh, it was very chaotic, very abusive. Um, so, like, you know, for me, I went out searching for the love that I was lacking in the home. Mm-hmm. And I also found that in the streets with abusive men that were like, quote unquote, my father, you Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Because I felt the first man that was ever really supposed to love me, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, hurt me like deeply to my core. And then that, that, that was normal. So I watched that relationship between him and my mother and was like, Oh, this is what it's supposed to be. This is must be love, like fighting, arguing, placing hands on Mm -hmm. each other. Like, that's what love is, you know. That's what my idea of love was growing up. So I would be always find myself in some type of abusive relationship. And and I'm not going to sit here and lie and say I was an angel myself. You know, I'd place hands on uh, my exes. You definitely see you beating the show out of me. No matter how strong I am, I, I'm not going to take down, a, you know, a grown man. Video. <laughs> I have a video of her being a show. He was smaller than me. <laughs> um, if you're smaller than me, I mean, you know. But if you're bigger than me, uh, yeah, well, we'll see about that. But so, you know, as I was like, you know, the older you get and the more relationships that you go through and get through, and I think they're all learning experiences. No, yeah. Um, I became made very aware of my patterns and behaviors. Um, 
in relationships and I, and I did a lot of outside work Yeah, and, um, you know, you go through this process of healing and you do start to meet better people you do. as you raise like your energy and your vibration. Mm-hmm. You start to introduce better people into your life, but still you run into those walls. And like, you know, I don't think a lot of people are patient enough, especially for girls who've been sexually abused. You no, know, I can't identify we have that. a lot of, um, you know, triggers or, you know, that I didn't even realize I was on a date with a guy and he took me for mini golf and he touched my shoulder and I jumped and he was like, why did you, why did you jump? And I didn't even realize that I did that. It was just like subconscious. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, that was like a trauma response that I just had. Yeah. And I became aware of that from that mm-hmm. point forward. And I was like, wow, I still have a lot of stuff that I need to sort out that, you know, just happens to me subconsciously that I need to make myself aware of in order to change, no, right? Yeah. Or paying attention to the thoughts that I think, you know, and not speaking negativity into my, into my lifestyle. Um, or anything that I'm trying to do for myself because it's those things that hold me back. But with that being said, I feel like, um, you know, I'm not giving up on the fact that I'll meet, you know, the guy that's like absolutely perfect and made for me. Um, right now it's just not a thing. I think maybe I need to go through a few more things. <laughs> I, don't few more, man. I don't know. You yeah, know, that's completely okay. Cause like, th- that's okay. Because like the same time, like me, my biggest shit was still is, is I want abandonment issues. I think everyone has abandonment issues because everyone, mm. everyone's going to get left. Everyone, someone's always going to leave your life no matter what. So abandonment issues are always going to be there. And the thing is, my shit was that my shit is, I guess it was like so much better. Um, my, my biggest thing with abandonment is that like, I always think that someone's going to leave me Yeah. no matter what relationship I'm in. Even as a young kid, I remember growing up, like my grandmother left me. I thought she left me because she passed away and, and I wasn't there for her and she left me. And I had nobody else. My family was always working. My parents would work fucking both like 70 hours a week, 70 to 80 hours a week. I go to my friend's houses and they'd be having dinner with their family. And my family would never be there. And I always feel so bad about it. Like, I'll oh, fuck them. That I'm like, fuck my family. They don't really care about me. Love me. Blah, blah, blah. They're busting their ass to make sure I was okay. So, like, I use that as a tool growing up that, like, hung out in the streets, hung out with the wrong crowd, hung out with people who would be there instead of my family. I right. replaced my family with people outside. Me too. And, and that was more important to me. And I looked at them as people who really care about when they – most of them did it. Do I have to select a few friends that, who are still, like, my ride or die till this day? Yeah, 100%. But it made me who I am today, and I would not change any of it. Um, 100%. 100% would not change any of it. But, like, coming back to what I'm trying to say is the abandonment. It's like, like when I'm in a relationship with another woman or try to talk to another girl, it's like – I have that fear that something's going to happen that's going to make them run away. Mm -hmm. And And you know what that is? That's anxiety attachment. No, yeah, 100%. There's two types. So there's the avoidant attachment, which is the runoff. Mm -hmm. And then the anxiety attachment, which is the chaser. Did you hear that on TikTok? No. (laughs) Oh, I forgot. She's in school to be a therapist. Oh, this is going to be Social worker. Social worker. Yeah, but yes, I do want to... practice therapy and open my own practice I one think day. you'd be great at it. Thank you. Appreciate I think you have that. a lot of people. I hope so. You I hope will. so. And and I think also like what I was trying to get back to was that like I, I just always had this thing of any relationships that I'm ever in. It's just like I'm at a place where I was in a relationship recently. It didn't work out. Um it is what it is. And and what I learned from this past relationship is that like I was in a relationship with a woman had kids and everything else and I thought that like I was able to play that role as like you you get what you pray for. 
And the thing is, like, I, I heard that a long time ago, and, and what's what I've learned is that when I pray for something, or I really want something, I will get it. And just be careful what you want, because you will get it if you work hard enough for it, and, and you put yourself in a position to be able to um, be capable of having it. If you open yourself up enough for something to come into your life and make yourself available for it, it will come into your life when you're ready to handle it. And I put myself in that position, and by putting myself in that position, I learned that, like, I'm able to show up in a relationship, be a man, be a provider, be there emotionally, physically, spiritually, in every way possible. I'm not going to let somebody else try to change who I am, how I act, and who I am because I have to be who I am. I also get attached when you're talking about the attachment. I get attached to making that personal most important thing in my life and I get away from everything else that's important because I grew up with the idea that when you have a family, when you have kids and so on and so forth and a wife and work and like other things outside that are like priority in your life, those become more important than everything else. Mm-mm. And yeah. I, I learned the hard way because yeah. I used to never be like that. And I put that as, I put that in the forefront of my mind and I got away from everything that I loved, cared about. And I smoked a lot of cigars and I didn't smoke a cigar for like three, four months, which is unheard of for me. So like I changed everything for someone else. And like what I've learned is that like we can get back into the idea that righty tidy, righty fucking tidy. I don't know. Oh, this one? Yeah, to that way. Got it? You got it? Oh, forget about it. Oh, I there think you. so. Oh, no, we fixed it. All right, we fixed it. Good thing we got a woman here. Uh, <laughs> to fix things that are broken. Um, no, like, I, I just think that, like, what it taught me was that, like, I'm able to do those things. Where I fall short also is that, like, me personally, I try to fix other people. I try to be available. And I meet people where they need to be met. Mm-hmm. And because I meet people where they need to be met, I get lost in that because that's a good thing because, like, I get to meet you. Hey, this is where you're at. This is where I'm at. I'll meet where you need to be. I'll respect your boundaries where you're at. But also puts me in a position where I'm not able to be as useful to myself and be available for myself. It takes yeah. time for myself and love you myself. Know. And I had learned that lesson myself a couple years ago. And from that moving forward, you know, like I stopped um, when I would get into a relationship back then. I would, you know, place priority over that, mm-hmm. for that person over everybody yeah. in my life, like over my friends, which I'll never do again, over my gym schedule, mm-hmm. over everything, you know, whatever they wanted to do, I'd make myself so very available for that person. And I've learned that I can't do that yeah. because like, I have to fill my own cup mm-hmm. and I have to be well you know, to be in this situation, I was very depressed in that. And I was on an emotional roller coaster mm-hmm. with this person. The highs were great, but the lows were low. It felt like an addiction. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like I was like physically withdrawing from a person and like, that is scary to be in. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. And then you feel like you're kind of walking on eggshells. Uh, when's the other shoe going to drop? Especially if there is a fight and like, mm-hmm. and you're like, going off of all these intense emotions yeah. and stuff. Cause I'm a very emotional person. Like, you know, I fall really quick and that's a problem too. And like, mm-hmm. I had to learn to not to rush these mm-hmm. things or yeah. jump into something too quick. Yeah. Or maybe if it's a big spark that I should probably halt and stay away from that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, really? like, oh, if I feel Oh my God, so intensely about this person in the first meet. And I, there's a there's an issue there. Hmm. Never heard that one. Yeah. Didn't you, hear that you one. You should really 
exactly. really hold because I feel like that could be the dopamine meets the serotonin and this person is giving you something, you know, because all the experts, you know, if you start looking into it, mm-hmm. um, they say like, that's not normal. No. You don't, it's not normal. People don't tell you they love you within, you know, you don't experience love. People are supposed to even tell you they like you within three like after the first three months. So what do you think love is? Love is an emotion. Mm-hmm. I think it's something you that... You don't believe in love at first sight. Um, it's conflicting. I feel that every time I had thought it was love at first sight, it was like lust. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yeah. I feel like people confuse those two a lot. Love, what love to, is. It's easy to confuse those two. It is. hundred percent. Especially if you are someone that um, uses sex as a form of love. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You do not believe sex is a form of love. Oh, it is. But there's different types. Okay. You know? But like at the same time, like when you meet someone. I think the only way we can justify... Um, Sex being with, met with love is the emotional intimacy part that comes along Which with comes that. with when you guys are both together making the love in the moment during the sex. Yes, but there has to be a deep emotional connection involved. Okay. Yes. And I've only experienced that twice in my life. See? Twice. Exactly. Twice. Exactly. And, and that is the best sex I've ever had in my life. 100%. Best sex I ever had, and because it was connection to it, and I think yes. that people do fall in love and fall out of love. A hundred percent. And I think that like with you, love, you should not be falling in love within the first month of meeting someone. I just why? don't feel. I know someone that has. One of my best friends I used to live with, he fell in love with his girl, and they got married. They're getting married. They they moved in after like he met her on Hinge. Oh, and know. and they, they slept together the first night. Three weeks later, she moved in. Yeah. See, to me, I, I, that's I, like a red flag. But they've been together for two and a half years. And they're getting In married. rare instances, maybe that happens, you know? So that's like a nine out of ten, one percent. You know, that's Why can't I have that one percent? Why can't I be given that one percent? <laughs> that's actually not about. the case for you. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm real fucked up. <laughs> but, like, what's also cool about all of it as well. Where, oh, hey, Joe. Welcome to the Take It Personal show. I got what's Joe here coming on, in, Joe? interrupting everything. Just fucking... <laughs> scumbag over there from Ohio fucking the worst ever um the great thing also is that like you know you have some great friends Joe say hi to the cameras Joe hey. <laughs> he's one he's one of the producers um in the back Producers. not producing shit um but back to what I was saying, trying to say is like I I've come to learn that like the only way you get to experience love is by doing it and I think for me that like I have to get into it so like my last relationship or I can even say years ago when I was in a relationship where situation where the fuck it was i left it very depressed very miserable very broken and it made me lose weight and i used it as motivation i had a friend a friend that i talked to who was like you're a fat fuck you grow the fuck up and you have to walk through this and if you want that girl who is extremely gorgeous who's extremely fit who's extremely healthy blah 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 that like hot fucking girl that you see at the gym or when you're with that beautiful perfect fucking girl that you always want you need to go to the gym and lose weight stop being a fat fuck she's not gonna like you I go, oh, okay. And that was motivation where I stopped going on dates, stopped hanging out with women that weren't friends of some sort. And I was at the gym five, six days a week. I sacrificed everything for work in the gym. I didn't do nothing else. I lost 60 pounds. And then I hit a place where everything was great. You know, and I think that like, 
being a human, I can have those up and downs, but if I stay still on that path slowly, even if I have the ups and downs and I go up three steps, come back two, go up, and I keep going, I keep moving forward. Yeah, momentum. It's momentum. And, and learning from those experiences because, like, I wouldn't – the only way I change or grow is by going through it, being fucking hurt and destroyed and yep. walking through pain. it. Pain is, is the pain. growth. Yep. Like the pain is the only – I think and, – and I think people take it as, like, through a breakup, through – um, a fucked up relationship through grieving through everything else. I think that's the process to growth and change and being a better person. And I think that's what makes us be better, better adults because we're adults now. Yeah, we are. Essentially, I mean, which is winging it all of us throughout <laughs> life. But and I don't think there's a right way or wrong way to doing things. Right, I, right. I really don't because, like, I think that like everyone has their own experience, they have their own story. Everyone has their own way of doing things, and like, you know. I, I shit talk a lot, right? I, I, I say a lot of stupid shit and I say that women suck and women are the fucking reason for relationship, fucking problems and everything else. I just say it to be a jerk off. I do believe it a little bit. But anyway, what I'm trying to say <laughs> is that like, I, but, I, but I am jaded. I'm completely jaded. But at the same time, I'm able to stand up for myself. This is where I fall short. This is what's wrong. This is what I can do better. And you know, the more I focus on that and I focus on what I can do better and I can go through these experiences and learn them and keep hitting my head over and over again until something changes, I have to do that as a human. I have to walk through that and be like, this is what's wrong. This is what I got to do better. And what am I going to do next? And I have a support group. I hang out with men who are extremely successful, have lives, have wives, have families, have all these things. That's what I want. And I don't think people today want families and a life. I don't think people want family, a family, I think maybe kids. it's where you're looking. And I think really the true, the true key to this whole thing, really, with the love situation is like... When it comes down to it, do I really truly love myself? I love myself. If you love Fully yourself, then why are you settling for situations that don't serve you? Because I, Or people that hurt you and then you want to chase them more. Is that really loving yourself? Yes, it is because I give love without expecting anything in return. I give love without expecting any love in return. I expect love to the sense of like out of respect. Because I believe respect's very important. I believe that if I give love or I give... But that situation we were talking about earlier was the furthest thing from respect. And I'm not going to air you a dirty No, I'll talk about, I talk my laundry. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck about We nothing. aren't going <laughs> to give a dirty laundry now. So, it ain't going to be me. <laughs> I got to talk it. But like, so we'll go back to that in two seconds. But like, getting back to what I'm trying to say is that like, I believe in, in, in the sense of like, I give love and I give respect and I give maturity and I try my best to say... Hey, like, I'm going to give you this love. I'm going to show you that I love you, that I'm here for you, blah, blah, blah. And if you don't give it back, I'll be okay with it until it gets to a point where I don't want to deal with it anymore. I accept people for being falling short and letting them be who they have to be. And I let people do it because I am the type of person to let someone be the person they have to be, and I'll walk them, walk with them through it. And if they don't change, they're not willing to see where they're wrong, because I feel like every human being can fall short. A hundred percent. I don't, I don't fault people for that. I don't fault people for that. So the last relationship I was in, I was with the person for six months. It was up and down, whatever the case is. I generally do love her. I do care about her. I wish her nothing but the best. I have nothing bad to say about her. And in the end of the relationship, I was, she gave me an ultimatum to go to the gym or she wouldn't be with me. Is that normal? I don't know. That's I, not normal. I've never been in a healthy relationship. Every relationship I've right. ever been in. So every relationship I've been in, I've been told has been toxic, not just on my end, but on the other end as well. And I put up with the shit because I'm able to, because I personally, maybe I fall short on this, but like I let people be who they have to be. And I don't try to change anyone. 
And I don't try to put anyone down or say anyone's wrong for anything. And I let people be who they have to be, and I give everyone the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, Is that but that wrong? speaks on your on your part How? that there's low self worth there. Because, that there's self-esteem issues there. But, because people know. Like healthy individuals <laughs> would not put up with that. If somebody <laughs> told me. Well, I didn't put up with it because it happened and like two weeks later. Didn't it, I, I was on the fence of saying, hey. Like I was in it because I was in a relationship for a while. And I was like, okay, like where am I? For like a week or two, I sat there. I was like, do I want to do this? Do I not want to do this? I was weighing the, the pros and the cons. Seeing well, this. yeah, it probably did not sit with you right. It didn't feel good no, on no. internal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If somebody told that to me, I'd be like, go fuck yourself. A hundred percent go fuck yourself. Like, yeah. cause there were a million other fucking fish in the sea. Literally. There is. And, and there is. And things what I, so not really air my dirty laundry because I don't really give a fuck. Anything that you want to know about me, you can ask me, I'll fucking tell you. But like, Coming down to what I'm trying to say is that, like, it was a sense of, like, I was asked to go to the gym. I couldn't do it because of being sick. My AC broke my house. Well, forget it. Why I, would, I, it doesn't even it need does, to be an excuse it, of as to why I couldn't. I just did it. Whatever. Who cares, you know? But at the same time, to play devil's advocate, wouldn't you want to be with him? Because you go to the gym a lot. You're very active, right? You go to the gym, what, five days a week? Yes. And you, last time I spoke to you when you matched me on Bumble, a couple months. Because <laughs> I know <laughs> and so when that happened you told me that you would only date a guy who's completely jacked to the fullest I mean do I have a personal a preference? preference yes okay so with that being said also it's like I have a preference of what I wanted and, and I went for what I wanted and, and I got what I wanted I asked exactly for what I wanted I got what I wanted I got a wife kids family house all that shit and I got it and I miss out the most important thing. And the, the last month of the relationship, I kept asking myself, what am I missing? There's something that I'm missing. And I missed the fun part of the relationship. Mm. I just skipped all the way to the end and fucking got to the fucking finish line. Yep. And I skipped what comes with the relationship. And I always, I always did the other side. So before, I would always be on the side of like building up to the relationship, building up to the relationship. And then like she would leave or I would leave or I wouldn't be interested and she wouldn't be interested and it wouldn't work out. This situation was that like, we met, we liked each other, let's get married. Oh, just fucking with yeah. but, but it was like, we had, she's one of the two women that I've been with, that I've had an intimate... Emotional connection. The only one of the two women I've... Two... Let's say maybe three. I just have to think hard enough. I think there's a third one. But one of the three, I'll say three, just say three, a women I've ever had that intimate feeling with it, we're speaking about earlier. You know, so with that, I, I took that with, like, a, with a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. As being important, that maybe and we I, do things for and for to, love and relationships that normally, yeah, you know, other people might be like. But at the same time, it's me looking at myself and looking at like where I can be better. Okay, she's telling me I need to do this. I need to change. Like there's things that I got to change. I'm not. I don't come in. There's nobody I fucking ever been in a relationship with or any relationship I've ever seen that both sides are perfect. Right. Those people are fucking weirdos. But <laughs> but like back to what I was saying also is that like with that like what is important for you to have in a relationship um we're like 47 minutes in <laughs> i want to keep mean, it like i'm trying to keep the show around like an hour hour and 20 minutes okay uh it's important for me to feel safe number one okay. i need to feel safe with my partner i mean physically, forget the physical part because like obviously if we move past that then i'm physically attracted to you yeah. you know what i'm saying 100%. So after that, there needs to come a certain line of like, uh, uh, for me, communication, yes. Do I want that person in my life to be active? Yeah. 
I mean, a lot of my time is spent at the gym. Mm-hmm. A lot of my time is spent meal prepping. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, to have someone to do those things with so we can have that time together, that is ideal for me, mm-hmm. you know? Um, we don't have to, but like, or you don't have to. Actually, as a matter of fact, most of the guys I date aren't involved in the gym and they think I'm weird for spending as much time in the gym as I do. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, this is what it is because yep. I had given up that in the past and I ain't doing that again. I'm not yep. letting myself fall to the side for somebody else yep. for them to up and leave me. Yep. Those abandonment issues, because same here, revolving door, closing over. I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, I expect you to leave now. Yeah. Go. I'm going to continue to Do live my life. Yep. I don't have time to be sad. Mm-hmm. I have bills to pay. I have animals to take care of. I have myself to take care of. Like, I cannot fall behind because no. somebody left me. No. You know? No. I still got to, like, be a productive member of some society. You're a grown, like, grown woman. You're a hundred percent. You know, and there's nobody paying my bill. I have to pay my bills, you know? So I don't have time to be sad. You know, if you want to stay great, if you want to leave great, you know, yeah. and that's how I look at it now. Instead of like, Oh, before I used to be like crippled by heartbreak, you yeah. know, now I'm just like, whatever. Yeah. It numbs you. It I don't does. know. I don't know. If- and and that's and I think that there's nothing wrong with that because like I think like we experience it and we love ourselves enough. Like after this relationship ended, how it did end for like a day or two, I felt like shit because like you know it's a gr- oh, it's it, it's a process. To. And then like- after that, I went to the gym three times last week. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta do something. Yeah, yeah. When I walked into the gym. My boy was there. Who I haven't seen him that long, and he goes. Oh, why are you here? I haven't seen you in a while. I was like, eh, I just got a relationship. He's like, great. Pain's the best motivator. So it is. 100%. It is. And, and also, like, with it is, like, I can go through things, but I know exactly where I need to be. At the end of the day, no matter what, like, I, I work fucking 60 hours a week. I, I, have, it, I have my own personal life. I, I do things for myself. I have friends. I have family. You know, and, and those are more important to me and my peace. Like, I've recently... For these last two, three weeks, I've come home from work and like stayed home. And I'm not that type of person. As you know me for years, I got to always be doing something. I'm from New York, so I always got to be doing something. Right, right. Always I always got to be running. Ah, yeah. So like before I got in the relationship, I would just come home from work. Before I got into that relationship, I would just stay home and like relax. I'm like, yeah. I don't do anything. Because like I never had the chance it's to nice. do that. And then now I'm starting to do that again and taking time to f- figure out the balance of going back to the – I didn't go to the gym this week at all. But it's like I'm trying to find the balance, see what works. And I try to go in the morning, try to go at night, and, and like I figure it out slowly on my time what's okay with me because my peace is the most important thing. Yeah. Well, nutrition is the most important part. You can go to the gym. But, but you got to like, eat healthy. It's 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 well, all food. It is all food. You know, it is, it's the food part, which is the biggest, if you ask me, in my opinion. I think food is 100% the most important thing because you can go to the gym and still be a fat fuck. Correct. And you know, know but that. it's the biggest, it's the hardest part is yeah. the nutrition part. And I haven't been eating very healthy the last like two weeks because like I've been busy. I don't eat Eat home. on the go, you know. Yeah. I just, it's, it's not easy. So like. It's yeah. not. It's not. Listen, me too. You're not alone there. You know, I think we all struggle some in some form or another. You know, I, um, listen, I'm so grateful for that relationship. I used to weigh 300 pounds. Yeah, I know. Well, what well, I know, <laughs> and she looks amazing, and she looks great. In 2016, you know, I had this guy that broke my heart. I mean, 
Oh my God. I was devastated. Also partly because I was like, wow, I'm like 275 pounds and who the fuck is going to love me. Yep. Right. Because you could be disabled in a wheelchair. But you're fat. Oh, <laughs> oh my, my God. God. You know, it is the, it is. And you feel worse about yourself. Mm, clothes don't look right. You know, like mm-hmm. you're the fat kid in the picture, you know, like standing next to all your fit or not fit or just skinny, just like normal average size and here you are taking up you know three people's bodies yeah you know um i got out of that relationship and i was like i want a revenge body and then yeah you know i got that revenge body um or you know i started to lose a lot of weight and then you know he came back and wanted to be with me and i was like Fuck you. And that was (laughs) so satisfying, you know? But then after that, it stopped becoming about him, and then it became about me. And it changed the course of my entire life. Um, Since 2016 to now, you know, I've been on, like, this health and wellness journey. Yeah. And I'm very big in the gym. And and it's not that I'm requiring, you know, like, yeah. I mean, do I want someone that's active and fit? Yeah, because it's also an accountability thing for me. Would you tell them, if if you're dating a guy and stop going to the gym for like a month? If I'm in love with him, then I love him. You know what I'm saying? Whether he is fat after a while. Listen, that's how you know the relationship's fire. You know what I'm saying? I gained like 15 pounds in this relationship because I... You got happy. You were happy. I was happy and I was relaxing and I was enjoying it. And I was just laying back and And just being in the moment. And if she loves you, then that shouldn't... That wouldn't be an area of concern. And I've had it happen. I've been in relationships where we both gained weight and you know yeah. we let ourselves go a little bit and yeah. you're like well we gotta reel it in because like jesus christ you yeah. know but um you know i didn't love him any less because he gained 15 pounds i loved him for the person that he yeah. was yeah. you know so for me yeah we could say we want all these personal preferences because in the beginning there's nothing but a very surface-based thing and you have to get to know the person correct but after you do that in time and you form this connection and and it's emotional and it's deep and and you know you really want to be with this person and they come with so much more than just a physical mm-hmm. um that shit is out the window yeah you know and that shouldn't matter to you no. if i gain 10 or 5 10 pounds you know and 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 you're making me feel bad about myself. How much do you love me? Mm-hmm. You know, you yeah. should never make me feel bad 100%. about myself. Lie to me. Yeah. Baby, you the beautifulest girl as, in the whole world. Yo, as soon you as, so skinny. <laughs> yo, as soon as Lisa pulled up, she t- I called her before she pulled up. She's like, I'm going to get my, I just got my hair, my extensions on. I just got my hair did. Everything. She pulls up to the house. She's outside. I'm like, damn girl. <laughs> damn, look at you over there. And it's it's like you know I I think it's important to also gas up your friends and people that you love and care about. Say nothing but good positive things. Then you can fuck with them. Like I'll fuck with you all the time. Anytime I see you, I fucking we couldn't stand each other. And we just sit there and laugh at each other because we hate each other. But we also deeply we do love each other and I do care about you. And, and you're someone who I do look up to and I respect very very much. Thank you, I appreciate that. And the you thing know. is, and, and I think this is gonna be a really cool thing of us doing this every single week and we can grow into something better. And, and I'm surprised we haven't fought. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. This is the introductory <laughs> this, stage. This, this you know, next done. topic, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see how bad it can get. Yeah. You right know? now, we're just we're just figuring out each other's personalities and how we <laughs> rock with each other uh, on this <laughs> podcast episode. But, uh, 
<laughs> we got a little deep. We got personal. We got intimate. You know, yeah, keep it a buck. There, there's no. You gotta. You gotta. Which is raw. You know what the thing from people? Listen, I'm not saying that people ain't raw everywhere you go, but this is just They're a different right. culture when you're from New York. So when you're from New York, another thing I want to talk about before we end everything off. We live in Florida, right? Uh-huh. And how people are down here. I've talked about this on one of my own older podcast but like you're like you're, you're you're like new york thorough through and through oh 100%. 100%. i've been here almost nine years i still sound like this <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i'm like Yo, yeah, someone, yeah, all the someone time. said i sound like pete davidson <laughs> i get Stop. the nanny i get the nanny like no yeah. matter what yeah, Someone's definitely like, nanny. yeah but my boss is like you even look like her like because i go to work and like i wear my little outfits someone said i look like pete davidson i was like what like, I look like South and Practical Jokers. I get that all the fucking time. Oh, yeah. that's a good one. That's a good that's one. That's a good one. <laughs> so when I said I look like the guy from King of Queens, I was really pissed off. Some, like, old lady goes, oh, shit, are you the Kevin James? I was like, what? Oh, my God, no way. I, was give, I gave my autograph before for being No, sad. I would definitely say more the Practical Jokers guy than anyone else. But what uh, I'm tra- back to what I'm trying to say, because I can't again. I think, like, being in Florida, I think the way that people interact and people act, how we grew up in New York, it was more of, you say what you want, say what you mean, say what you chest. Yeah. You keep it a buck. No bullshit. How you feel about me, show it to me. And I think down here, everyone's a snake. Everyone cares about money. Everyone cares about prestige. Oh, yeah. Everyone cares about everything else. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I have a nice car. You know, I work my ass We off. like nice things. Nice, nice and things. that's okay. But at the same time, I feel like being thorough. What does it mean being thorough? Ah. Uh. God, I, to me, being thorough I means being the stand-up. Sit- you, you are exactly what the fuck you say 100%. you are with no apologies. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you exactly how I feel. I'm raw, I'm blunt. I keep it very real. Keep it 100. 100. At all times. At and all like times. a lot of times it comes off a little too aggressive for people. People think I'm a real dickhead. I'm saying. But like that's how we grew up. Mm-hmm. That's how we had to act. That's how we had to survive. It is, you know. And also there was like a big thing. You know, at some point you're out there in the streets and I was around a lot of like dangerous people. So Mm -hmm. I had to act like I didn't have fucking feelings or emotions and I had to be stoned Mm -hmm. because if you show weakness, I mean, if you show like emotion, that was a sign of weakness, you know, and, and, and growing up real hardcore Italian, um, I'm not being, yeah. You know, like, therapy wasn't a thing. Like, nobody believed in that. Why are you crying? You know, pussies cry. Like, that's how my family was raised, you know, and that's how I was raised. So do you think everyone, the culture now, how everything is now, is because of therapy? Yes. I believe, well, listen, (laughs) honestly, there's, it's a catch-22 because I'm glad that mental health is made more aware. I agree. You know, because... You know, there was a lot of people walking around with untreated mental health, and, you know, it shows. But I think people use mental health as a scapegoat for being pieces of shit. Oh, yeah. Listen, and I think because of that, people I, get away a with thing, a lot of shit they shouldn't get away with. I think, you know, no scapegoat. matter how you flip it, anything in this earth, no matter what they shed light on, will be milked. You no, know? you're right, 100%. There are some people that, tr- which takes away from people who truly, truly struggle mm-hmm. and, and who truly, truly need the help, mm-hmm. you know? Um, such as, you know, people shooting up malls and schools. It's and, a lot more deeper, yes, 100%. Right. I'm saying for the normal person, I'm saying, like, majority Listen. of people use it as a scapegoat to get away from the fact that, like, there's not really anything wrong with them and they pretend to be something they're not. 
and they use it as a scapegoat for being a piece well, of yeah, shit. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a big thing. A lot of people are out here with no identities, you know, mm-hmm. um, just trying to, you know, be a chameleon and, like, kind of shit. Yeah, no, like, I'm full and well aware. Like, if you don't like, I'm not for everyone. <laughs> no, you're not. I'm not. Neither am I. Yeah. I don't fucking like anyone anymore. Me either. I just, I don't even like one. Like, I, I got asked about the dinner last week with a bunch of my friends. I'm like, I don't want to go yeah. You guys going to be outside, like, on the app. The, the app is, like, the cool fucking spot. I'd be like, I'm going to be on the app. There's so many out. people. I know. And I just, I don't want to sit I'm just, I just don't want to, like, it's funny because, like, I used to be out and be all, be, be in the You streets. get all that you want peace, you know? It's just, I don't need that shit no more. I've grown up to the fact that, like, listen, I go to work. I work 10, 11 hours a day. I go to the gym. I go to, I, I hang out with my close friends. I don't really, like, I'm very boring. I'm a boring old man. But that's what happens. We get we get older, and that's more important. Know? That gives you more peace today. Yes, it's it's more. But a lot of people can't make peace with the fact that they're getting older and that their life has come to a sudden halt. Which it's is, not so exciting anymore. It sucks being old. It does. It does. It does because I, I want to still. Some days I want to be that. Like oh we, I'm like I gotta wake up at six a.m. You know how hard it was. Like I remember, <laughs> I was in the mall and some kids smoking a vape pen weed. And I was like, yo, it must be nice. Right, right, <laughs> I struggled my ass off to get, like, to roll up a blunt, to go, like, hide somewhere and not get arrested. Oh, I know. And now, like, I, it was, like, such a fucking, like, now mission. Now like... It was, like, such a mission. Delta 8 is yeah, so widely available. We didn't even... Yeah, we didn't have that. <laughs> but it we was, had Reggie Bush. We were smoking seeds and stems. These kids got... Good shit now. When, if you ask the kid what is sour diesel, they'd be like, what? Yeah, white elephant. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> but yeah. like, sat, like I, we grew up with that. We grew up with Dutchess, with, with white out. Dutch cuts up, on the floor. It, it was just what it was. I'm like, you can't ask the kid right now. Oh, the right there. You better have the stash spots all over just my body. easy. It just, we grew up times in, are different. Thank God for the times you grew up in. Thank yeah. God for the 90s. I do. I love that. But you know what? These kids are straight edge these days, which is also good because they're not dying um, from doing drugs like but a lot of the kids retarded. in our uh, generation. I think the kids today are stupid. They are. They are. There's like a, every generation has its fucking, ugh, you know, they're, mm, they're of course, dumb. I feel like my mom now. You know when you get in the car <laughs> and, and the, you, you play your music, you know what I'm saying? Ah, uh, there's nothing like our time when we were growing up. I don't know what the fuck is being played on the radio. I don't listen to the radio. I can't. I know. And I know you listen to the same kind of music I listen to. And like, I throw something on and like, I'm just. It's like, from our, it's from our era though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I can listen. To, I love Action Bronson. I'm Albanian. But like I can listen to, like, I remember I was with a girl like last year. She's like 24 or 23 years old. Yeah. I was girl. like, oh, she's like, she's like not young. She's like somewhat older. Oh, that's a baby to me. And I threw on like the Wu Tang Clan, and I got really, I want to kill myself. Yeah. Like, I went yeah, to kick her out of the car while driving. They and I was like, what? I was like, what? Yeah, they're like, yeah, they don't. And I saw a TikTok the other day. Some girl's like, I only know one song from Eminem, and I'm like, ugh. Oh, yeah, I know. Like, I flew all the way like, to Delaware from Florida to I, go watch Eminem headline in a, in I a remember, festival. I, I was there when Eminem and Jay Z were in the Yankee Stadium. It was great. Yes, but like, there was young kids there, and they didn't know any of the words, and I was mortified. I was like, oh. You're taking up space here. <laughs> and like, get the fuck out of here. Go back I'm to where you came so from. I'm so lucky that we grew up in the music that we grew up. Because in like 30, 40... Years, and it was real lyrics. In like 30, 40 years, we're going to be like sitting there listening to like Wu-Tang. Yeah. Gone, but that's fine. Maybe the, like, you know, we've we had legends. Mar- we listen to Norm Jaeger. Oh. And we're going to Capone. And we're going to watch, listen to CNN. Definitely not going to be listening to <laughs> Norm 
Not gonna listen to Nas, but we're gonna listen to. Oh, we, we are listening to Nas. But we'll be playing that shit in like no 20, matter, 30 years you. when we're like six, fifty, sixty years old, and I'm gonna be like, yo, what is this shit? This shit's whack. Shit's old school. Yeah, and be like, you know what? Fuck y'all. Fuck you. Fuck exactly. you. I'm, I'm always gonna be busting. I don't give a fuck. That's Nobody's it. saying that. Nobody's saying. I will saying. drive down with my windows roll down, listening to what I feel like listening to. No, I. And if you know it, you a G. That's. <laughs> I'm really so happy we did this. Yeah, me too. I'm so excited. This uh, is gonna go. be. This let's is gonna be great. Go. So if, if if you're out there and you want to listen to us and and check us out, um. It's been a pleasure to have Lisa part of the Take It Personal show. We're going to be here every Thursday. Every Thursday. Every Thursday. Tune in, log in, follow us on the, the gram. Take it on the, we got my Instagram, Take It Personal Pod. I got my, um, uh, I got everything I'm going to be posting up. You'll see on my Instagram, you'll see on her Instagram coming up. She's going to be the big face of it as well. Like, forget about it. And um, we're going to just fucking see what happens. We're going to have some fun. We're going to fuck around. We have some more topics next week. Uh, it's our first time doing this together. And I think it's going to be a really fun, exciting thing. And I think that, uh, the conversations that we did have, we can you know move forward with it. And like, if there's anyone out there that wants us to talk about something and really talk about some shit up and like really argue. Yeah, you got because we we're really good at we're, we're really fucking good at arguing. Like, oh, she'll yeah, start yelling at me. She'll throw a fucking bottle of Celsius at me. She'll throw a phone at me. <laughs> She's very very violent. I told her no violence on the pod. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he said he was going to talk about how bitches ain't shit. I said, I'll smack the shit out of you she'll right shit. now. She'll smack shit. She'll okay, me. you'll get this microphone. Right <laughs> my fucking. Right. Um, again, Lisa Love, thank you so, thank so you much so much, for, having, for me. having me. It's a pleasure. It's, oh, it's, 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 pleasure. it's a fucking pleasure. And it's just great because, you know, I get to, it's, it, it's a beautiful thing coming on here and, and, and taking the time out to do this and do something I really love and care about because I think it's important for everyone to know that like how I appreciate anyone that sits for an hour and 20 minutes and listens to us fucking bullshit. Yeah. It takes the time out of the day to really listen to me fucking talk because I fucking don't shut the fuck up. Listen, if you can relate, that's a beautiful thing. You At, know? Yeah, anything, you anything, you. anything you guys need, anything you guys want, I really do want to thank everyone that was out here. And what we do, Lisa, at the end of every show is we play a song um, to give a shout out to all our ex-girlfriends and boyfriends, all our ex-baby daddies, everyone <laughs> that ain't shit. And just I don't have talk no shit. baby daddies. <laughs> <laughs> But it's just it's just a song out there. Sucker free, thank it's you. Sucker free, sucker free. How about we play a little No Scrubs? How about that? No, I don't. That's the most sexist song on the planet toward men. So what we do is on this podcast. Okay, I gotta teach you something. I gotta teach you something. You don't. I, there's men that watch this also. We ain't scrubs. So <laughs> what we do in the podcast? Here we go. She, she's about to curse me out before she leaves. Yeah. And what we do is we play an old school R and B joint. Again, some love. So if you're depressed, you're happy, you're sad. Like whatever. Power after hour. And power after hour. Some baby making hey, love. R and B. So this is a shout out. Right yeah. <laughs> it's just, and that's what we do. So again, again, please thank you for coming on the show. Thank, thank you for everyone that's been out there watching us. Hope it was a great, so fun much. night. Let's get the fuck out of here.
Take off your shoes. Let your pretty sexy hair down. 